This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Collector Car Podcast. Uh, I'd like to welcome Brad Phillips. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Greg? Thanks for having me on. No, I'm doing great. I appreciate you live streaming with us. We're actually on Arm Sotheby's, and you are out of wonderful Tacoma, Washington. Now, you're the executive director of America's Car Museum, and we're going to have a lot of fun tonight talking about the ultimate garage of Santa Claus. Uh, so if you would tell us a little bit about what you do in your car world out there in Tacoma. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, somehow I found myself with the greatest car guy job on the planet because we've got about 300 cars in this uh, 165,000 square foot building in downtown Tacoma, Washington. And it's utterly fantastic. This is our 10th anniversary. <laughs> and when Greg approached me about this, hey, Santa's ultimate garage thing, I knew how quick and easy it would be to say, I can pick five cars right out of this very collection. And this is going to be cool for everybody because I've got this totally hokey rolling uh, beverage cart that my laptop is on. <laughs> and I believe that the Wi-Fi is tested well enough to where I can roll it around and we're going to be talking about five of these cars, and I'm obviously standing in front of one of them right now. So that's I'm very excited. That's totally awesome. One of the best things about live streaming is seeing what actual catastrophe happens. So we're primed for that. Um, <laughs> and we've done a lot, and Greg, we've done a lot of these. Things <laughs> yes. So it's really fun. We've done some, you know, some really great valuation showcases and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So I always love it when I can play with my friends at RM Sotheby's. So thanks again for having me on. Yeah, and a quick shout out to uh, one of our watchers right now, your friend and mine, Mark Green, also up in the Northwest there. He wishes us a happy ho, ho, ho from Cars Yeah. So thanks for joining us, Mark. That is awesome. Great. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what we're going to do here is we are going to pick 10 cars. You're going to pick five, and I'm going to pick five that are going to be in Santa Claus's ultimate garage. All right. And you... You have a Christmas tree behind you, so I'm thinking that this might be one of the cars on your list. Yeah, I love these topics because it's just as subjective and ill-defined as anything <laughs> we've ever come up with before. So this is really perfect for, for you and I, I think. So 
Yes, behind me, it seemed absolutely perfect to start with our 1906 Cadillac. And the technical name, because I've got some notes here that uh, Renee Whoa, and Chris are we got notes. manager of collections. I've got notes, man. Come on. I don't have a desk I can hide behind, you know, right here. <laughs> but it's a 1906 Cadillac, and it's called a Model M Tulip Touring Car. And I know that some people are watching this live, and some people are going to be just listening to this on your podcast. So let me describe this majestic vehicle to you. Give us a it visual is, visual picture. Yeah, it is a white bodied and it is it is a tulip body, which means that it's it's a front and a rear seat, but they swoop upwards in this beautiful splendor of white paint and then a <laughs> blinding red interior. So it's just gorgeous. Um, I think Santa would have picked this. This is this is what we officially call our Santa car. So when we have kids come to the museum on the weekends, like this past weekend, we've got a camera set up and our, our resident Santa Claus sits up here, and the child, because of COVID precautions, has to stand patiently next to him, <laughs> which they don't understand, but this is what the government did. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. Some interesting factoids about the 1906 Cadillac. Sure. My early pre-war stuff. This was um, kind of a, a little fakey dude by Cadillac back then, right? Oh. Because at this point in history, you know, Automobiles were being modernized a little bit, right? And this still had a big honking, like a hundred cubic inch single cylinder engine sitting under here, under where the driver is. Wow. But if you'll notice, and if I could turn it a little bit, like look, look we're mobile. It's just like having a guy on a steady campus, right? You'll see it's actually got a front hood area. It's a total dummy. Like there's no engine under there. Kind of like just styled it that way to make it look like a more modern variant so they could sell the rest of these, uh, you know powered horse wagons so anyway i think it's fun i think it's a pretty iconic car and um you know like most of the cars here runs and drives that's so awesome try and get that in but a good kickoff for Santa's uh workshop here with no it's actually it's fantastic and you said it's what the tulip model i can see the pedals if you're looking at it from the side you can totally see the pedals of a tulip i never realized i never connected the dots on that yeah well i'm here to educate you know, so now, the more you know, right, Frank? Yeah, yeah, and so a visual picture, this one's white with red interior, and it has a Santa's bag in the back full of presents, a red bag, and a Christmas tree. So you can't start this off with probably a better visual picture of what we're trying to do here. And there's that's ho, ho, fine. ho. Yeah. The sign that says ho, ho, ho. Well, that's incredible. You can't get any better than that. All right, so we're going to take a slight detour and look at one of mine, which isn't nearly as awesome as yours from presentation standpoint, but I am <laughs> going to jump to also, ironically, a Cadillac. I actually picked a 1959 Cadillac Barretz, and if you're watching us live, you'll see I have a picture from rmsouthabees.com. It's a beautiful black with red interior. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you might know this, but I think the word Baritz, the name Baritz, was actually named out of uh, after a town in Spain. And they made these for, at least initially, for three years, 57, 58, and 59. And uh, they all came with a parade boot, so while Santa's driving down the street, he can load all his elves in the back and take them for a little spin. So, uh, you have any comments on the Baritz? Are you familiar with that car? Or do you like the car? I am. It was the uh, the highest point of Cadillac styling of the era. You know, some of them I've seen had that beautiful stainless steel roof, which I really liked. I can't. I don't get the pleasure of seeing your image. I'm only <laughs> staring at our two uh, mutated heads on this screen that I have on my laptop. But uh, they're all very, very beautiful, and I can I can see why Santa would like one of those. You got a lot of a lot of present storage space. 
and uh, for a, a man of renowned ample girth, um, <laughs> I think a power seat that you can actually take. Yes, actually one of the rare options for 1959 was the bucket seats. They only made 50 of these cars with bucket seats. Now the, the steel stainless steel roof that you're talking about, that is actually the Brome, which would have been another great option. That's the four-door suicide doors open up. So that would have been another great option. So yeah, that was my pick for my first Santa's ultimate ride. And now I think we're ready for a sleigh ride to your next one, correct? I just want to be clear that we're only, we haven't even passed our first car and I've already given incorrect information to the audience. Is that what, you, <laughs> that what you've outlined? That's what we expect. Very carefully there. <laughs> yep. There we go. Well, it's about par for our usual presentations. Okay, let's see. So here's the fun. We've got this on this rickety rolling cart. And if I can traverse our Wi-Fi extenders well enough, we're going to go over to my number two pick. So you almost kind of get, you kind of get a tour. You know, this is the Steve Celine um, exhibit that we have here in the front. That's awesome. Because I'm like literally crouching down. Like, like me squatting <laughs> down is going to make the bandwidth work better as I walk carefully across. You know, but what you're going to see, there's the Steve, the Celine race car there. I see but the S7 on. in the background. There's an S7 over there in the background. We've got all kinds of good stuff. Ooh, that made a noise I didn't expect. All right, so what we've got here is the Celine One. Now, Beautiful. This, this right here, this red beauty in front of us. And I'll go ahead and give you a good look at it there. So this is the first... This is the, the first production car that Celine has done since the S7 that's over behind it, and they are available for order. So I believe ours is considered a 2019. I think it's the same as the 2020 models that are still out there. And these are the ones that he's, um, he's building on other shores. So the reason why I like this car is... And for Santa, right? We'll leave it as for Santa. <laughs> for it's, Santa. It's 450 horsepower, right? This guy, this guy knows how to harness some some four-legged critters. So instead <laughs> of reindeer, we've got horses here. We've got yeah. 450 of them. And it's carbon fiber. It's lightweight materials. It scoots. It does 60 in like three and a half. goes 180 some miles an hour. I mean, it's got all the things that you want in a, in a car that you want to get to the North Pole quickly in, right? Um, but here's what I like. My Santa knows how to drive a daggone manual transmission. That's so right. You can still buy these either as a paddle shift or with a real six-speed manual transmission. So I, I dig that a lot. Steve got his start in racing. He hadn't forgotten anything about it. So um, we've got about 20 cars in this exhibit dedicated to Steve's um, racing and production car history. So it's super cool. Now, Clean one. And you don't see very many of these, so you've got to come see this in these we could call that the Santa one because it's the right colors. Uh, Santa goes back a long time, so he knows how to stick shift back when that was probably all that was around back then. <laughs> I would agree with that. Now, can Santa fit in that saline one? Well, I thought about that, Greg, and, I, and I'm glad that you asked because what is Santa able to do? This oh, man shrink down. Chimneys. Chimney. You think he can't squeeze himself into a carbon fiber bucket? And hit a clutch pedal. <laughs> my Santa, my Santa can fit in that all day. I don't know about your Santa. <laughs> well, my Santa is going to have to fit in that as well because my next car that I picked actually is a 2019 Corvette ZR1, last year of the front engine, big horsepower Chevy bow tie, and uh, you know I had to pick it because kind of the same idea. 
uh, goes super fast. I don't know the stats on this, but I think it's like 2.9 seconds. Uh, it's just pure, raw, unadulterated power. And I thought, you know what? That's something Sandy needs. He's used to fast. You know, he flies around in that sled at light speed. So every day he probably wants one of the fastest automobiles in the world out there uh, on his in his garage. Would you agree? I, I, I agree completely. And, and I've got a question for you, Greg. So do you follow the online Santa trackers? Do you, uh, do you, I have, yes, I have. Do you like to be surprised by the clopping of those hooves on your, on your rooftop? I follow till about nine 30 and then that's it. <laughs> you have kids, Greg? No kids. That's probably a big reason why. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. <laughs> How about you, Brad? Sleep, one Christmas. <laughs> How about you? Are you tracking Santa all night? All the time. All the time. I've got an app on my phone. You know, I'm doubling up. I've got extra batteries. I mean, I want to know where he is every second. Every okay. second. Because well, if he pulls up in the S in the in the one, then maybe I'll get a ride. You know. <laughs> Well, you could, you could, you put a lot of reindeer out of work, but you know, that's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, they got a union. They got a union. <laughs> All right. What's next on your list? Number three for you. Are you ready? Did you do yours? Mine was the Corvette ZR1. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, and again, so now I've forgotten information and forgot what car rocks. <laughs> I'm doing great. This is, so, this is again, as solid as it gets. I might not bring so, you back. You may, you may not that. Why does everyone say that? I don't understand it. Okay, yes, I have a number three. And let's see if I can get around to it. Uh, again, I'm in Wi-Fi, preserving, crouching, tiger, hidden. This is a very, very special aspect of this podcast. I'm, I'm sneaking across like a ninja. Like, this is this is Crouching really a little table across the museum floor right. with your Mac. I like it. Right now, our, my uh, private events person, Ann, is probably running around going, where's my cart? <laughs> <laughs> Shh, I've got the cart, Ann. You're going to do something else. All right, hold on. This is perfect because now what's going to happen is we are going to sweep. And isn't this a beautiful building? Oh, yeah. Nice shot this. of the so building. So now, yep. look at how I swing right around. I'm, I, I feel like we're getting into cinematography here. I think we that's are. what this really, really is turning into. You might be up for an award. I might be an award. Yes, nothing specific about it. But all right. So I wanted. I like this car a lot. So this is a 1924, right? Yes. yes. 1924 Model T Roadster pickup. So we really combine a lot of different things in this. You got your Model T. You've got your top that goes down, and you got the pickup bed. They started making Model Ts, I think, what in 09, 09. And for them to go this far without having a pickup version of it um, like this was, uh, I think, unusual. Ours has an electric start. It can carry all kinds of fun stuff in it, and it does have that cool planetary gearbox. So you know, Santa again knows his stick shifts, and I think he knows how to run that planetary as well. Because if you know how to drive a Model T properly, um, <laughs> you know what you're, you know what you're doing there. Um, and you know, for your podcasters, it is black. Uh, it's got yellow wheels, uh, black top, and uh, it's gorgeous. It's one of our favorites here. We have it in the middle of one of our galleries, so everybody can see it. And uh, we really, really love this car. No, that is really cool. Really super cool. And actually, I do have an update from the live stream. One of our viewers, going back to our very first car. Uh, the Cadillac, uh, one of our viewers had a Christmas card made with their family in that Cadillac. How cool is that? 
that is epic. That's exactly what we've been doing over here. We really love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. So uh, I kind of have something similar to your pickup truck as my next pick. I would call really? mine the first ever monster truck. So I'm pulling it up here now. It's a 1951 Dodge Power Wagon. All right, so remember that. Did you hear me? Dodge Power Wagon. All right, you're still with me. All right. Uh, and it's red with black fenders, uh, red wheels, uh, just gorgeous. So uh, same kind of idea, you know, Santa up there in the North Pole, when he's got to get some work done that doesn't involve elves and Mrs. Claus is asking him to do some uh, honey-do lists. He's got to have that big power wagon 4x4 to get the job done. So that's what I'm picking uh, for his ultimate garage. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. Love the power wagon. It's totally cool. Now here we'll do a comparison. So uh, uh -oh. you could buy this car in 1924 for $345. That's American. <laughs> How wow. much is a power wagon? I don't know, but a lot more than that. Jeez, I thought you could Google faster than that. <laughs> this whole thing might crash if I Google. <laughs> See, look, you've done, like, so Greg's done these great podcasts before about, like, you know, comparing the price of cars to the, their, their value in gold bullion, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> so uh, you're always really good with valuation stuff. I think that's great. So um, I, I swung yeah, a miss on this one. So uh, let me tell you what, there's another fun thing about this. Um, there are actually some, there's an aftermarket part on this. Ah. It's a period aftermarket part, and it's got a set of, um, of springs, extra helper springs on the suspension, so if you can carry heavier loads or handle bouncy roads and stuff. And I love the name. They're called the Hassler, <laughs> pre-David Hasselhoff. Right, right. right. The, ha the Hassler. So I think if you've had a Model T Roadster pickup, Hassler edition. <laughs> now, weren't these Model Ts like the engines were used? Like they would just all sorts of aftermarket accessories so that they could run like a sawmill, right? Like these Model Ts were used for all sorts of stuff by just plugging stuff into that engine, right? Well, absolutely, and you know nobody ever threw anything away. So if you've got uh, you know a farmer with a Model T and the body goes to pieces or it breaks in some way they pull the motor out sure enough and it's running a water pump or something and there are there are farms all over the country that still have model t engines they're incredibly robust i think they have uh, three moving parts somehow for a four-cylinder <laughs> i'm not sure how they pulled that off but a very low amount of them and uh i was part with um, uh, a buddy of mine um uh, brett i got to be part of him rejuvenating a model t that had been stored I want to say for 60 years, like the thing right. went off the road, the tires were completely flat, we pulled it in the garage, and with the most basic of hand tools and some ether, we got <laughs> it on it. I mean, and it just made this tremendous noise and blew this huge, you know, 60 years of bird nest out of the exhaust. Like, it was so comical, but it just sat there, chugging it, chugging it, chugging it. <laughs> I mean, you just can't kill these things. They're, they're, uh, they're iconic, they're part of American history. Uh, and really, they're part of world history because of the production techniques that were involved in that airfield. So, super cool, and we're honored to have them here. Yeah, you can fix it with a hammer. So, <laughs> very true. All right, what's next? Let's get the uh, let's get the walking crawl tour of the next car. Okay, so let's see if I can do it this way. Uh, oh, I didn't. Did I tell you I was going to sing? That's no, you didn't tell us we were going to sing. Here we go. So we're going to go back to something slightly more modern and sporty. Oh, yeah. And 
So this is one, if, if, I can, if I can get this on there, ah, I didn't get it exactly framed right, but you guys get the idea. So what we've, what we've got here is a 1968 Alfa Romeo. And it's one of my favorite Alfa Romeos because it is a Julia Super. And it is a four-door. And I will maintain that Santa occasionally needs something with two rear doors and a roof on it but he still likes to smoke along. And this one you can tell is a little bit hot rotted. Um, it's got later, uh, you know, bigger wheels on it. And I think the 1750 in it's been warmed up a little bit, but the name of this car is Giuseppe. And it's beautiful <laughs> because the original owner of the car in Rome, Italy was named Giuseppe. And so since then, um, it's been sort of honored to have been called. This is owned by a local, uh, Alfa Romeo Club, the Pacific Northwest number. He's got it here on loan as part of our Alfa Romeo exhibit that's been on display here for a while. So I've always wanted one of these. I almost kind of stole this from Santa because he can have one. I must have one. <laughs> and I love Alphas. And, you know, it's every bit as fun with that five-speed, four-wheel disc brakes and roary exhaust. Uh, you really can't go wrong with the Julius Super. They've gotten, you can probably speak, they've gotten a little expensive over the past few years. They're always... Every time I get interested in something, it's just tripled in value. So my timing is just always just impeccable. But, so uh, you need to another good Santa pick. Need to pick up whatever's not worth anything right now and buy it. Well, you're already doing that, oh, aren't yeah. you? Oh, you're not. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Saab 9000 manual transmission arrows from the uh, 90s are a hot ticket. They are They're a hot ticket. They are a hot ticket. Well. This there. one surprised me when you picked it, because mainly because it's a four-door, you know, but I like your reasoning for picking this for Santa. And Santa is global. Let's not forget that. Well, and, and can I say one more tiny detail about this car? A lot of people are really surprised by these because they think they're really boxy. Well, guess what? If you really get close to it, I know it's kind of hard to see. These really aren't that boxy. They've got these beautiful scallops along the fender lines and on the roof. And aerodynamically, this is uh, has the same coefficient of drag, if not a teeny bit better than the same year Porsche 911. Wow. So. Yeah. Huh? You don't there have to say go. anymore. There's yeah. another factoid for you. Now, is that the factory uh, four-leaf clover logo on the side there? Is that correct for that model? Uh, I think that that was added as a as a tasteful upgrade. By okay. the owner. But um, but certainly the four leaf clover uh, has played heavily in like Alfa Romeo racing and all its top models of cars. Get the how do you pronounce it? I'm going to butcher it. The quadra quadrifoglio. That's that's like pretty that. good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now yeah, well, I will. I did a little research on that one uh, on a previous podcast, and apparently, and I might not get this 100 percent right. The there was a driver back in you know Alfa Romeo driver back in the twenties or so, and that was his logo. He would paint it on his race car, and they actually you know thought that was a good idea, and they started using it for their race team. Unfortunately, he died in his second race, which is doesn't make a lot of sense that it's a four leaf clover and you want to own that. But you know they are they're also the company that has a dragon eating a knight as their logo, you know so. Lots to unpack there, Greg. There's a lot to unpack. All right, let's keep moving. <laughs> okay, so for mine, um, I kept mine. Uh, I, I wanted to, Santa to have a good time with the elves. You know, he likes the elves. He wants to hang out with them. So I picked for my next one a big one. Again, red with black fenders. A 1936 white model 706 Glacier National Park tour bus. 
So picture this gorgeous bus from the 30s. Uh, thank you, thank you. A canvas roof that you can roll back. It looks like it probably has, I don't know, seven, seven rows of seats, you know, four doors on either side, plenty of access. Absolutely beautiful, used in Glacier National Park. They also had a version that was used in Yellowstone that were ironically yellow. Uh, so that is my pick. What are your thoughts on that one, Brad? Uh, I think that's super cool. And uh, and actually, since I, I'm glad you made the differentiation between the Glacier Park ones and the Yellowstone buses. Um, they were very similar, but they were painted differently. And uh, I do a rally every year, or most years, um, the Coker Tire Challenge in Chattanooga. And Corky Coker uh, has always hosted everybody at his house for like the final banquet kind of thing. And he has one of those big um, yellow, uh, the yellow buses convertible with the canvas top off and everything. And when we park for our like end of rally car show at the bottom of the hill at his, at his family <laughs> farm, he comes down this big winding road and picks us all up uh, in his Yellowstone bus and takes us to the top. So uh, over the years, I've got a bunch of miles in those things. They're really pretty fun. Oh, but, yeah. They're so cool. And I, I've, we've, many times we've had clients that want to buy one for what at the time was market value 150 grand or so and the last two have gone nuts like half a million dollars because when there's not a lot of them and so when people see them they yeah. really appreciate them and they tend to go quickly <laughs> so well unless i'm crazy um the national park service still uses um kind of repowered versions of those today i think i mean they've got like duramax diesels in them or something but they're still taking tourists around on those to this day. It's a really cool nod to the history of, um, you know, Americans wanting to go to national parks. It's, it's epic. Yeah, and they're gorgeous buses. You know, for a bus, they're gorgeous. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, but okay, we're 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 now we're just going to talk cars. So, what does Santa <laughs> think about your bus? I mean, what is he going to do with this thing? Is he going to chain up at the North Pole? Is he going to fill it? He's going to cancel the whole sleigh thing altogether? Like, what's this what's is just for? Is? This is just for cruising with the elves. You know, going out to the local cruising, <laughs> you can take all of them, you know, maybe Santa, uh, Mrs. Claus with them, you know, that's it, just for fun. Actually, you can, you can throw a couple reindeer in there, too, because there's no roof. That's very true. I, I kind of like the image of, like, Santa taking his boys out or, you know, clubbing <laughs> in, in that. You know, they're all loaded up in there. I think that could be pretty fun. They could have a good Again, time. another fun side of Santa. Yes, that's right. He's a fun guy. We don't know it, but he's a fun guy. He's not just a hard worker. <laughs> all right. We got the big reveal for your last one, Brad. What we got coming? Oh, boy. All right. Now, as I described, the, cart, the wheels on this cart are a little janky, so let's see if I can if I can do this and get all of this in frame. And this one, it just screams Santa. And we're moving it around. Oh, this is the big reveal. You're doing a full 360 here. Well, I didn't want to, but the wheels are turning only in one direction. <laughs> it's, it's your standard shopping cart sort of thing. Oh, Coming look at this. Boldly into frame. Wow. Tell me that's not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, right? That's, that's truly epic. There we go. So let's see. Can I get it down a little bit more so you can get more of that monster in there? 1930 Duesenberg Model J Rumble Seat Convertible Coupe. Coupe. Santa's iconic reindeer runner. This thing is super cool. It does. It's got that great rumble seat in the back. How can you argue with it? anything Duesenberg, right? You've got that race history, complete custom coach built car, 
a 265 horsepower eight-cylinder engine. This was like the space shuttle. This was the McLaren F1 of 1930. And I've always loved these things. I think they're so cool. Um, and this one's got great stats, which is really funny because it was built in 29 and sold later. So it's titled, I think, as a 1930. But this bad boy said 17 owners. So <laughs> I kind of consider that a, um, a Santa lineup too because of the gift giving that this thing has given so many different owners and experiences. Um, we've done a lot of research on it. Uh, Randy Ema and uh, a lot of other folks um, have given us some great information on this thing over the years. So we, we kind of know the history all the way back to the original owner, or at least where the original owner lived, which was Chicago. So some people say, oh, it must have been a Wrigley car. But apparently, without proof, everyone always says it must have been a Wrigley car. So <laughs> right. We don't really know. Right. Don't know how we don't know, but we don't know. Uh, but one day we're going to find out. And our this one is uh, is an active runner. We take it on events and things sometimes. So um, it's an absolutely beautiful car. And I think Santa would be awfully, awfully proud to be rolling the gears in this Duesenberg model. Yeah, that's an outstanding pick. Actually, that's the car I had in mind when I came up with the whole idea for Santa's Ultimate Garage was that exact car. Really? Maybe an SJ, but that exact car. So, Isn't that, that is... how you stole my Ferrari Testarossa pick in our... Uh... Collector Car Fantasy Challenge Football, yes. Yep, that was a really key pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, so great car, great pick. Like you said, super fast. Uh, I did a, an episode, the fastest car from every decade. And because these were made in 1929, but sold in 1929 and 1930s, this was actually the only car ever made that was the fastest car for two decades. It was the fastest car for the 1920s and the fastest car for the 1930s, which is unbelievable considering they were technically built in 1929. So mm -hmm. really insane. Well, that's a fantastic pick. All right, for my last one, it's I went new again. I kind of like to do some of the new school with the old school. So I actually picked a 2020 McLaren Speedtail. So are you familiar with this car? Have you seen a Speedtail? I have seen a speed tail, and that's and that's good. And you're definitely on my Santa down the chimney diet pattern. <laughs> you are correct. I always thought these looked okay in pictures until I saw one in person, and they are just absolutely spectacular, beautiful. And one of the reasons I picked it, the profile view, it actually looks like almost like a comet with the tail behind it. I mean, it looks like it's in full flight at a standstill. Uh, and what's interesting is it is a three-seater like the McLaren F1. So you have the center seat that Santa will have to shrink himself down into to just fit in it. But then he could have uh, Mrs. Claus on one side and maybe even Buddy the Elf on the other side. So they could go flying down wherever they want in this beautiful, beautiful car. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you can't beat that. It's great. And I, and I think it is fun. Because you know, like we were saying about you know, in its in its where it landed, this was this was that car. This thing was a McLaren of you know, nineteen twenty, you know, nineteen twenty nine, nineteen thirty. So I applaud your pick. I think it's fun. I mean, what were what are we trying to do here? You know, it's Santa. Santa loves all things. He loves all people. He's got to love all different kinds of cars. So I don't think we could lose on any of these picks. Now I have to ask. Is there anything we missed that's obvious since we've been doing this that you thought, man, why don't we pick that car? I think we're for pretty... San for Santa? For his ultimate garage. 
You know, I, I really debated throwing a Unimog in there, but you had it covered sort of pretty well. Uh, with the Power for, Wagon? Um, with the Power Wagon. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I feel like we ought to have something like out of Eastern Europe for some reason. <laughs> the cold, well, you know, or Russia. I don't know. Something else. Could be, you know, you know a, a Skoda or something. <laughs> you know, some kind of Lada. I don't know. One of those um, really out there. You could go a lot of directions on this thing, but it was a really fun topic, Greg, and I, I appreciate you asking me to come out here, and it was really fun. This was actually uh, the first live stream I've tried to do moving around in this upper showcase gallery, and uh, I hope that this has stayed live and happy the whole time. I think the real pieces work pretty well, and uh, we did this late enough in the day to where I don't have uh, usually those hundreds of guests milling about in here. And, Maybe we'll try this sometime with a whole lot of distractions. It could be fun. We'll have to do it again for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And before we go, tell our listeners and our viewers what's the best way they can visit America's Car Museum. Well, if you're ever in the fine town of Tacoma, Washington, which is about 30 miles south of Seattle, uh, please come see us. We're open five days a week. Uh, we're only closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We carry a lot of private events those days. But 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, we'd love to have you come and, and see us. It's a really exciting place. Again, it's uh, it's four stories um, of doggone near 300 cars um, from all different points in history. It's the America's Car Museum, but it doesn't mean it's the American Car Museum. Right. We have stuff from every country, and it's all about um, our appreciation of the automobile and where all these things fit and, and all our view. So it's really great. Thanks so much, Brad. And I know you will be back on here. We'll be live streaming again. Uh, one day I'll do it live from America's Car Museum. That would just be a blast. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. It was really nice being here. And uh, hello to the RM Sotheby's au um, auction audience. And uh, see you again. All right. Thanks, Brad. Yep. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast. <laughs>